From the pages of his award-winning short stories, host Troy Smith will take you on a journey across the plains of the Wild West or maybe a thousand light years away on a planet in a far-off solar system. So kick back and let your imagination run wild on this journey. The Tennessee Wordsmith starts now. Hello, my name is Troy Smith. I'm a local author from here in the Upper Cumberland. I'm also an associate professor of history at Tennessee Tech. But this podcast is geared more toward fiction, which is my uh, my other my other job, my other hat that I wear. For some 25 years now, I've been being published in various different genres. And I'm going to share some of those stories with you in this podcast. Um not just westerns, but uh, mysteries, science fiction, fantasy, and so forth. We're coming to you from the Henson Oakley Podcast Center. Henson Oakley Family Dentistry, located at West Jackson Street in Cookville, now offering Zoom teeth whitening. Well, our story today is called The Sin of Eli. I'm... I'm I'm proud of this story. It uh, it won an award when it was first published in 2012, the uh, Peacemaker Award, which is one of the uh, big three genre awards given out to Western stories. Came to me actually, in large part, in a dream. But that's enough talking about the story. I'm going to actually start reading it to you right now. Robert Darnell had always tried to be a good father. When his only son, Spence, was a child, Darnell had thought he was succeeding at that task. The boy's mother had died in childbirth, and Darnell had been father and mother alike to him. It had been hard in some ways, but it had been easy in others. Little Spence had his mother Laureen's soft blue eyes and dark hair and held his chin like her when he laughed. Laureen had been the love and light of Darnell's life. When Laureen's spirit fled to heaven, that love and light was transferred to the son she had given him with her last push of life. He had doted on the boy. It was easy to do and hard to avoid. Spence was so much the image of his mother. Perhaps he too would be as fragile as her. What if the warmth of his smile like that of his mother's should blow away one day like dry leaves? leaving nothing behind except the sound of the wind. Robert Darnell could hear that wind every time he looked on his son's face. The pride and joy he felt was tinged by a sadness at the knowledge that the Lord was a taker as well as a giver. The pride and the joy and the sadness and the loss mixed so completely together they all became the same thing a bitter-sweet amalgamation which, if forced to put a name to it, Robert Darnell could only call love. At those moments his heart swelled so great that he felt it would burst, but it never did. As the years went by, however, Darnell was crowded in by the growing suspicion that he was not a good father after all. Good fathers produce good sons and any claim to the word good seemed to wash out of Spence Darnell with each passing summer. It started when he was small, dominating his classmates and taking whatever he wanted with no regard to rights or propers. 
Sometimes Darnell would thrash the boy with a strap, the way all fathers he knew did, but they were half-hearted and infrequent efforts. Darnell could not hold such a strap in his hand without remembering his own pa, a stern, implacable man, and how much, as a boy, he had hated the old man. He could not bear the thought of his own son hating him, of Laureen's sky-blue eyes looking at him with tearful reproach, and so his hand wavered when he raised it at all. By the time Spence Darnell was seventeen, everyone in the valley knew him as a holy terror. No one was surprised when he shot an unarmed man down in the midst of a robbery. No one except Robert Darnell. The boy had come to him pale-faced and desperate, begging for money and a fresh horse. I have to leave, Pa, or they'll hang me sure. Where to, son? Anywhere. When will you come back? The boy's face shone wet with tears. I can't never come back, Pa. Please, I have to hurry. Robert Darnell had handed all his money over with numb fingers. He wanted to speak, but his throat constricted and no words could escape. How can I live without you, boy, he wanted to say. Who will I be if I'm all alone? I'll send word soon as I can, Pa, I promise. Spence embraced him, if only for a moment, and Darnell channeled all his strength into his arms, all his life, pumping it like his heart was a bellows. And then his son was gone, his only son, and all that remained of the sweet woman he had loved. It was like Laureen's ghost withdrew her hand from Darnell's brow and followed behind their son, not even leaving the broken man the comfort of her haunting. He sank to his knees in the dirt and watched Spence right away. I'll take this opportunity to remind you that you are listening to the Tennessee Wordsmith podcast, uh, selected short stories by myself, Troy D. Smith, coming to you from the Henson Oakley Podcast Center. Henson Oakley Family Dentistry, located at West Jackson Street in Cookville, now offering Zoom teeth whitening. He was still on his knees when the posse arrived half an hour later. They did not even bother asking which direction the boy had gone, for Darnell's anguished face still stared after him, giving them their cue. I'm real sorry, Mr. Darnell, the sheriff said, and several of his companions mumbled as well. He could feel their pity wash over him, and beneath that, their contempt. Robert Darnell was a God-fearing man and he knew their contempt was deserved. He had sinned. He was like David of old, who refused to visit the full punishment on his son Absalom when he had murdered his own brother. The old king had even tried to spare the youth from harm when he plunged Israel into civil war, and when the rebel was killed in battle, David grieved beyond all comfort. O oh, Absalom, Absalom, my son, my son, would that I could die for thee, my son. Even more, Darnell realized as he sat in the dirt, he was like the high priest Eli. That old man's sons were cruel and wicked, stealing from God and abusing their power. Eli lectured them, but did not give them the punishment they deserved and so shared in their guilt. Finally, God took action himself and struck them dead. 
When Eli got word his grief was so powerful, he fell from his seat and broke his neck. Some could argue that Eli's swift demise was a blessing in a way, for he did not long survive the sons he loved. But it was not a blessing. A single moment of knowing your child is dead while you live on. A single such moment was more profound a torture than all the fires of hell. Robert Darnell was spared such knowledge that day. Spence avoided the posse and reached safety. That had been five years ago. In those five years, Spence Darnell managed to smuggle two letters home. They were short and vague, but the old man treasured them. Beyond that, the only news of his son came in the reports of the crimes he had committed. Until today. Today, the sheriff had arrived with a telegram. Spence Darnell, the notorious outlaw, had been captured, tried, and was sentenced to hang in three days in Wichita. I wish we'd have got word on this sooner, the sheriff said. You could have had plenty of time to get there, if you was of a mind to. As it is, there ain't no train or stage due soon enough. I'll get there, Darnell said. It'll be a hard ride, but I'll get there. I have to see my son. The sheriff sighed. I hope you make it in time. Darnell did not respond. The sheriff no longer existed to him. He was walking to the stable to saddle his horse. The sheriff mounted his own animal and rode sadly away. Darnell left his little ranch less than twenty minutes after the sheriff had arrived. He rode his chestnut mare, leading his blue roan, all the horse flesh he owned, with the aim of switching back and forth as each grew tired. Three days' rations were in the saddlebags. There would be no time for hunting. Darnell's Winchester was in the rifle scabbard and his old army coat, well-oiled, cap-set, was on his hip. He rode until it was too dark to see and made a dry camp. He stared into the darkness for hours and slept very little. There was a time not long before that he would have spent the time in prayer, but God had not made camp with him. He could feel it. God had no approval for what Robert Darnell planned to do. The rancher had cast his lot once and for all with his own flesh and blood over his God. This ride would be a journey to hell. It was a hard choice at first, not the choosing between God and Spence, but the deciding on whether to go to heaven to be with his beloved Lorraine or to follow their child to the devil. He knew she would understand his sacrifice. She would have the angels for company. Spence would be alone in perdition when he finally got there. Paradise would be no comfort. Knowing his son was in the flames of damnation, the trail Robert Darnell rode now would surely take him there as well. To be continued. You've been listening to the Tennessee Wordsmith. Download your favorites and keep up with new episodes in the Hints and Oakley Podcast Center. 